just need the best i need the world's finest ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the vigilante 1939 podcast we are part of the let's go podcast network pop culture without the pop my name is nick zanik and tonight tonight yet again there's so much trouble going on in bloodhaven now so nico caruso and, and his father nicholas caruso jr are both out on patrol uh, helping out the the fine city of Bloodhaven tonight. So, thankfully, I'm not joined alone. I'm joined by from the Let's Go podcast, as always that we've been doing, Chris Evans. Chris, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing. I'm doing great. I, I wish I was doing better than the first thing that we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> on this one. But I'm happy to be here. It was uh, we had a solid week of superhero TV in some capacity. I would Some say capacity. Some capacity. Some so. super interesting stuff. <laughs> super interesting stuff. Chris, you are coming along fabulous, man. I'm doing what I can. I'm just trying to follow the lead. It's it's you know, it's a day by day thing. Love One day at a time, baby steps. That's right. That's right. So, but Chris, we are we're back in full uh full swing here with our Batwoman and Superman and Lois reviews. The world's finest is back. Uh last week we had uh Batwoman was on hiatus, so we reviewed Batman Forever and Superman and Lois. So Batwoman's back this week, episode seven by Chris. Seven. That's correct. Okay. We are episode seven. There you go. So we had episode seven of Batwoman this week, and then episode four of Superman and Lois. So can't believe it. Uh, four episodes in on that show just amazes me, Chris. But we're going to begin with. I know we're going to begin with Batwoman uh, as we've as we've been doing and. Chris, I want to kick this off to you because I know you uh you absolutely adored this episode, right? Yeah, I mean this episode was just uh, a lot to to take in, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I guess we'll just get into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, let's get your thoughts first. We, I mean, we uh, usually get mine. Let, let's. <laughs> I want you to go first on this one, Chris. I you are milking this out, man. I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> If you all want to know why Chris just passed this off to me, go check out his written review at let's go podcast.com. But all right, so well, we were kind of talking about off air. This was not a great episode of Batwoman. I'm just gonna be like right up front and blunt with it. I didn't think this episode hit hit the beats that I think it was intended to. I have a lot of issues with, with what they did with uh, our main character. Start off start off right off the, the bat. Uh, Chris, so, <laughs> uh, but I just thought the tone was all over the place. In in this one, I the some of the creative decisions I was just questioning. I like nodded my head multiple times throughout this episode. Um, this was just rocky, Chris. It was uh, it was rocky, and I know you're a big fan of the saying they all can't be winners. True. <laughs> uh, this one definitely was not a winner for me. 
but I think now that I've kind of opened it up, Chris, uh, let's uh, let's get some of your thoughts here. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they can't all be winners. That's that's very true. But you know what? What else? They can at least be decent. At least this. Uh, I hate to say it. I think is actually one of the worst Batwoman episodes. Period. I don't agree with a lot of the creative decisions. I agree with that. The tone is just bizarre on this one. I don't normally pick on editing and things, but even the editing was weird and the transitions from scenario to scenario, it was just odd and it mm-hmm. and jarring in some ways. And it felt like, you know, sometimes a cast can phone a performance in. I don't even think they, fo- they phoned it in. I think they webcammed it in or something. I don't know what this was. Yeah. It was just top to bottom, terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's let's kind of open it up just a little bit, Chris. And so some of the things that we had kind of going on in this episode, obviously the Alice storyline uh, is really kicking into full gear uh, this episode more so than than the past episodes. Uh, Ryan's suffering from the uh, Kryptonian disease that's going on in 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 <laughs> in in, uh, in her body. Excuse me. Um, so there's a lot kind of going on essentially in this episode but while i think i knew what they were going for it just there's certain kind of character beats that you don't really break for a character mm-hmm. and javicia leslie has been so great thus far and i'm not saying she was bad in this episode chris but <laughs> i mean she definitely wasn't like at the level that she's been in the past like six episodes i would hey. say but I don't think this episode or this the script of this episode let her be. Yeah. She spends most of the episode in this weird fog. Like there's that we're gonna go full spoilers, of course, but mm-hmm. there's that weird like scarecrow fear gas type hallucination scene that yep. was so out of place and made no sense. Like mm. if this were a scarecrow episode cool it'd still be a crappy scarecrow episode but fine at least it makes sense <laughs> right it would make sense at the, what we're seeing but yeah. this is not the case um i, I don't know she there's like a, a a glimpse of what she usually brings to the table in this episode and, and i mean mm. glimpse because it, it's so brief yeah and the dialogue that she has in this one is like a step down i think i don't, I don't know if you felt that too mm-hmm it was just really simplified. Yeah, Chris, you brought up a great point because what I was confused about wasn't so much the side effects that were going on. It's that I'm a stickler for like explanation. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that like hallucination was like a, a symptom or a side effect from whatever that Kryptonian like disease that's going on with her was, you know, in a sense. So it's like we knew her condition was worsening, but. I'm kind of with you. Like, had this been where she had fear gas kind of instead, that makes so much more sense because, you know, that really ramps up your adrenaline. Reality is, isn't is what it is to you. So it's – but let's kind of briefly touch on some of our major nitpicks, Chris, because we can't, we can't really, like, dive, dive away from them for too much longer. So what – I want to get, like, one of your major nitpicks, and then I'll kind of – because I think we might have the same, Chris, actually. Okay. 
Um, the main issue I had is, so it's kind of like a, a couple things rolled into one, but the, one of the main, like the, the top of the food chain here is the change to the character of Alice. The idea that Alice's personality and everything that she has done since returning to Gotham has not been of her own doing drives me nuts. <laughs> um, especially with all the work Rachel Scarson put into this character to make mm. her menacing and, and to make these actions that she does worth it and just be the center of attention. Not, not even because the character's written all that well, it's her performance just brought you there. Mm -hmm. And then to, for them to reduce everything about the character to an act of hypnosis over a love triangle <laughs> just blows my mind mm -hmm. and it completely undermines everything about the character both this version and the comic version and i see this as kind of like an unforgivable sin that the show has now committed wow wow yeah i kind of figured that they were going to try and humanize the character to a degree like i figured that when now that they were continuing the character on i knew they were going to try and do something something different with Alice Chris mm -hmm. but so my main gripe Chris is they kind of go hand in hand so obviously I think the, the direction of Ryan Wilder in this episode is couldn't be like more more off the track here um I absolutely hated like this whole idea of her when she's under her the hypnosis or whatever or when she's hallucinating mm-hmm I don't like my my back characters going off on a rampage like that only because if you can if you watch the episode I think Chris I know you know where I'm going this and I'm sure the listeners will know where to show this character that we're supposed to be invested in and a character that we're essentially trying to rebuild for starters when you show her kind of repeatedly killing the um or stabbing I should say is viciously viciously stabbing the um other antagonist in the, in the ser in the season chris that's a very bad look uh regardless if it's real or not it's i didn't i didn't like it at all i don't like how easy it is that we're unmasking our heroes that seems to be like an ongoing thing in all these cw shows which is how easy they take their cowls off and how easy they reveal themselves to just random civilians for no apparent reason for no apparent reason so i don't know chris are you, are you in the same boat as me on some of those things all of those things <laughs> all of those things <laughs> i i didn't i don't i understand that ryan is not gonna be as disciplined as someone like kate or bruce or something like that but at the same time you know you want to be batwoman and they've spent episodes explaining to her you know batwoman's not going to kill that's not what she does but in this episode, she just does like, I'm Batwoman. I'm going to decide to kill when I want to kill, even if it's in a dream state. I'm going to do it. I didn't like it. I do like how they came around to that at the end, and she didn't mm -hmm. do it when she had the actual chance to. But to me, it, you still spent most of the episode with that intent, and I yeah. didn't like that. And I don't like how Ryan was a, a sideshow in this episode. <laughs> She is the, the character. She is Batwoman. Mm -hmm. She's a, she is a sideshow, though. I can't speak correctly tonight. I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> she nope. is a sideshow. And I, I just, 
didn't care for that. I mean, there's a lot that was wrong with her in this episode. Yeah. Chris, I want to get your your view on this one because you've been we've talked about the the relationship in past episodes. Mm -hmm. How believable was what happened to Ryan when she once she goes to visit her <laughs> girlfriend, ex-girlfriend? I don't even know what, what they are at this point. I would assume ex-girlfriend now uh, if they weren't already. But how believable was that to you, Chris? I felt like I was watching a different show. And what I mean believable, I mean the fact that she literally knocks Batwoman on her ass, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was watching a different show. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, we ended like you're not a model citizen. We all understand that by now. Angelique is not a model citizen. Mm -hmm. But you see Batwoman on your fire escape randomly, and your first thought is to hit her with the lid of a grill. That's going to send her over the fire escape and maybe die. Like, what? Where did this come from? You know, I, I've said I haven't really liked this character at all anyway in her other appearances. Mm -hmm. I think she had a, the only decent scene she's really had so far, in my opinion, was their breakup bit. That was yeah. good. Other than that, I have not liked this character, and this just put like the exclamation point on it. This mm -hmm. scene was ridiculous. And the bigger problem with it, aside from her going full like T-1000 on her with the grill, <laughs> was there was an emotional beat there when Ryan sees the other woman in the apartment Yeah, that they gloss over mm -hmm. to do this other crap. Yep. So I bet bad stuff <laughs> yeah and you know honestly chris i was surprised at just how like menacing they try to make angelique look like mm -hmm. she's not really somebody that i necessarily feared like did i think that there was an evil turn coming maybe just because she kind of seemed kind of shady off the get-go but i don't know i mean when you when batwoman kind of shows up like on your doorstep like that i mean it's almost like oh i'm so scared like oh i think you're gonna hurt me you know it was almost right. Yeah, she was like mocking her. So I was like, yeah. Do Which... you, you're like a low level drug dealer, kind of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is Batwoman, whether she's not in the right mind or not. This is Batwoman on your fire escape. Yep. Come on. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of like my major nitpick. So, Chris, obviously, we don't want to make this like a boy fest for people listening. Like, of course, you know, it's a shame that we both didn't like the episode, considering like the past few have actually been kind of hitting a, a stride. Mm hmm in a sense but let's kind of wrap this one up just uh chris just because you know we obviously have another show that we we both really much loved and we want to get into that but yes so closing thoughts on this week's episode and then chris we actually have kind of an announcement to follow this up which is that um we're thinking that i think batwoman's actually while we just got it back it's not staying long chris we're just speculating but yeah that may, yeah. That may we know superman is going away for yeah. a little but we're speculating Batwoman might too. Yeah. So, Chris, closing closing thoughts on um, this week's episode of Batwoman. I think, uh, well, I hope that this was just a bad episode. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it indicates the quality of the rest of the season. I hope it doesn't. Like, like you said, they have been on a decent streak. But this episode just makes you question, like, do they even care about this character which is something i kept asking myself last season do they even mm -hmm. care but hoping for the best we'll see how it goes I, the fight the fight was cool at the end mm -hmm. that was cool <laughs> there you go there you go yeah the fight was actually kind of cool 
Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, like we said, you know, they all can't be winners. Um, <laughs> it's the same that it's a shame that, especially for you, Chris Batwoman seems to be more inconsistent than it does consistent, which really does kind of suck. But I'm hoping that, like you said, like maybe this was just a bad, but like a bad batch, essentially, you know, um, it happens, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully if they, if they go on hiatus, maybe like they'll, They'll come back strong. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, but that's going to be our kind of uh, review for Batwoman uh, episode seven. I know it was a little quicker than we usually do, but we don't, we don't want to dwell too much on it. If it's an episode we don't like, obviously that's not what we're looking to do here, but feel free to let us know what you thought of the episode. Maybe it worked for you. If it did, that's great. But hope it did. Um, Let us know why it worked for you because we would certainly love to know. So, but Chris, to kind of, Go over to the other side. Cross the bridge. Cross the bridge. Oh, uh, okay. Uh huh. Across the pond. Mm-hmm. Like, kind maybe. of. Maybe. It's a maybe. big pond. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's episode four of Superman and Lois. Chris, why is Superman and Lois this good? Tell me yet again. Explain it to me. Do you have an answer for me this week? No, I just like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just on board with it. Yep, absolutely. All right, man, Chris. Episode four, Superman and Lois. Uh, God, this show, Chris. This show is absolutely like it surprises me every week. Like, just really like Superman every week, mm-hmm. every Tuesday. I'm just, I'm loving it, Chris. I want you to kick us off here. Um, kind of freshing your mind. Quick thoughts on well, not quick, but thoughts on episode four of Superman and Lois. This one I have no problem starting off with. So uh, this episode, I, you know, it, it's funny because every week we watch and it's like, well, this is still good. Mm-hmm. And that's just a weird mentality to have with it. Like, this is still working, but it does. And this episode is another solid entry into, into the show. You get a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And this one, it again, keeps what's working and doubles down on it. It doesn't take what doesn't work and double down. They understand what was good with this show when they were filming it and they're running with it. You know, you have solid Superman stuff, great family interaction. I know you want to mention the Smallville stuff and I'm right there with you. Yep. The villain is cool. They're just hitting all the right notes with this show consistently so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, you, you immediately just mentioned it. So everybody say with me, Smallville here. <laughs> I mean, second week in a row, does this not remind you of Smallville? I mean, like, Aside from the football stuff, which should scream like the TV show right off the bat. I mean, it's like, and I know that they want a little more teen drama with this episode, but in a sense, but honestly, Chris, the way that they made it work, I mean, was just so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then there's so many like different beats that like get moved forward. I mean, like we have Lois Lane versus Morgan Edge in this episode. We have clark and sam lane and we have superman and sam lane i mean it's like there's tension all over this episode and and it's i thought it was great i thought it was great so chris let's uh i actually want to start off with with lois lane because she first she was kind of taking a backseat for at least the first two episodes obviously episode three she got way more to do Mm -hmm. and in this episode she gets even more to do in this episode Whereas now her vendetta against Morgan Edge really lamps up. So, Chris, talk to me a little bit about Lois Lane and uh, the investigation 
the ongoing investigation into Morgan Edge. First and foremost, I like the way they're riding Lois. They're using her intelligence. They're using her as a strong female figure. Mm. They're not watering her down. I really like that a lot. This is Lois Lane. Mm. You know, you read the comics, Lois. This is the same Lois. She has made it to the screen in the show. And I enjoy the way she's going about things and she's not taking anything from anyone, which I really like. That's, you know, that's Lois. Mm. And I also, you know, a lot of, a lot of times you don't get to see a character like Lois kind of be on her own and do things like this, like the bar scene in particular. Yeah, That was kind of a relaxed Lois that you don't, I don't think we've really seen on screen before. Not like this. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that because it shows she's, she is a human. Cause like we see the boys have their own things that they kind of let off steam with. Mm-hmm. Clark gets to let off steam by punching the crap out of people, <laughs> whatever he's got to do. Yep. She gets to hang out with Lana and they're, they're both happier for it. I dug that. Which was, uh, I think that's just cool. I mean, Lana and Lois, Lana Lang and Lois Lane hanging out, Chris. Like, what a world. What a world. (laughs) Two two of Clark's lovers just hanging out together, sharing (laughs) a few drinks, Chris. I mean, right? I mean. And enjoying each other's company. They weren't at each other's throats. It wasn't wasn't like a typical thing that you would see in another kind of show or a different show anyway. They Mm. were getting along. They were friendly. They both acknowledged, hey, we both, you know, hung out with Clark. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it just worked. I like that scene a lot. It, it's actually, I think, a, I want to say like the, a high point, mm-hmm. but it was a very good scene. I, I like just seeing Lois do Lois things. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think like I really dug the scene too because of like their interaction. Like I love that this isn't like the route where it's Lana hates Clark, mm-hmm. you know, for always like, it seems like they have a, like a good standing relationship even after like all these years too, which is kind of, which is kind of cool. Like I kind of dig it, right? Like they're actually bonding over the fact that they know Clark, not that Clark's like fucking their hearts or something like that, or you know. Yeah. So it's just like you said, it's it's a nice like refresh, refresh and change a little bit. But they're adults. They're adults. So, but I really liked Elizabeth Toll like in this episode, mm-hmm. um, the way that like. Elizabeth Tulloch is modernizing Lois Lane in a sense I think is great like she's not this damsel in distress like she's typically no. been in comics she's way more grounded she's way more level she's she's got a little bit of a fire to her um, and I love that she's really defending like herself and her family I mean Chris there were points in this episode where she's standing up to like her father like the general oh, yeah. Sam Lane that was a great moment and I'm just like, you are Lois Lane. I mean, like, when she's defending Clark, because, like, Clark's trying to defend himself. And, Chris, I love that because I I wasn't sure if they were going to go the route where Lois is going to eventually, like, start to doubt Clark because he's really never there. But I love this different route that they're taking where it's like he's in such a veteran stage of his career that Lois Lane gets it. Like, she understands it, right? Mm -hmm. You would think that, like, oh, he has a family now. Like, yeah, she does want him to be more involved in her family, but, you know, she's not – she doesn't ever, like, question him. She's like, you're Superman. You got to go save the world, but we also need you here. But it's the opposite effect of some people's motives, Chris. So Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I know I kind of rambled a little bit right no, there. So let's – um, <laughs> I think what I, I want to – I'll, I'll incorporate the second part of it. So 
the reason why Lois Lane has such a partial role in the episode, Chris, is because she's looking deeper into Morgan Edge, who we see has a really tight pull on the town of Smallville, Chris. He does. Not only that, but that thing at the opening, that was really cool. And I liked how that brought that this new aspect to the show that answers a few questions we had. Now we know a little bit more than we did. And that little bit more that we know opens up the whole universe, I think. Yeah. With you know him finding, I guess those are those, um, I don't know what they call them, but they're like Krypton, Krypton's babies and, and yep. bags. What do you call it? I don't know. Sure. Pods, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Krypton baby pods. There we go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Kryptonian pods. You know, he finds those and then we find out his that lady that's always with him is probably Kryptonian. Yeah. Which also mm. explains uh, Colossus from the previous episode. <laughs> and the other lady who destroys Colossus. Yeah. So Morgan Edge has like this Kryptonian group around him and he wants to build an army. Mm. That's so cool. And it's also a really neat idea that uh, Kryptonite is in Smallville. That's, that's really interesting. It all leads back to Smallville, Chris. It does, clearly. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I dug it because this was the episode where I'm like, man, this guy's kind of menacing. Like, the fact that he's got so many people just underneath, like, his thumb, Mm -hmm. like, should scare you, right? Like, it's obviously, like, Kyle, who I know is your favorite character. uh, Love him. him. (laughs) Uh, Big supporter. Big Morgan Edge supporter. It's almost almost scary in a way. A little bit. I, you know, though, I like the way that this kind of showed you Kyle's. I mean, they've been showing you Kyle's point of view of this, mm-hmm. but I think this one again kind of hits the, you know, it's it's like hitting the nail. Like, oh, okay, I get it. He just sees better for Smallville. Doesn't care how, just better for Smallville. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like Lois, I respect his his ideal. Mm. <laughs> his ideals, I respect. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, Chris, I'm like the whole time because they kept doing like that double take where it's Lois is looking at Morgan Edge and then Morgan Edge is just staring down mm-hmm. Lois. I'm like, oh God. I was like, we're going we're going this route. I'm like, <laughs> something's gonna go down again, Chris, just like last week. But yeah. uh but I mean clearly they're building attention here and it couldn't be like it couldn't be good. It couldn't be better. And especially now that like Lana's on board with them. Uh I mean like amen, count me in. So, do you uh, do you buy him as a menacing figure? Morgan Edge. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't see. Maybe menacing might not quite be the word. Maybe sinister. Okay. Because while he's definitely somebody that like I would fear, but I'm thinking it's only because of like the power that he seems to be like he seems to have. You know, like. He's already got the whole town kind of under him. He's got this Kryptonian army that he's building. He may have a certain other gentleman mm-hmm. underneath his uh, his thumb too, Chris, which we'll, which we'll save a little later on because that that was coming. I think we both kind of called it. Yeah. But it, it was that was that was that was crazy. So, Chris, let's talk about the uh, the teens now. Okay. So we had uh, we had some f- football. In this episode, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was cool. 
Um, but I love that they connected the football in the plot of the, the episode where it's, uh, again, this is where the Smallville connection kind of kicks in where it's Jordan makes the play for the team, Chris, but in the process, he uh, actually kind of, I guess in a way, dampens somebody else's, uh, he like, I think he like gives like another player or teammate like abilities of some sort or he's get the person's like really psyching out from from them it's kind of hard to uh it's kind of hard to explain but essentially it's what what jordan does on the football field ultimately uh it's kind of wrecking somebody else's life chris any thoughts on that Uh, it's an interesting thing that they're doing with that um you know the kid who um had that thing where he kept shaking i i don't remember his name in the show but uh you know that came from the bonfire incident and then whatever's going on now, it, it's interesting that they're going to use him this way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I feel about that yet, to be honest. But mm-hmm. I'm going to wait and see how it goes. I would, I'm going to agree on that just because, but the point that I kind of want to like bring up to it, which kind of leads into like one of my other next topics was just this whole veteran Superman mm-hmm. that we get where it's like so Clark. I, I'm thinking, what is he, an assistant coach now? He somehow yeah, assistant coach. into being an assistant coach, which is so cool, right? <laughs> um, I like that he almost senses that something's wrong. And, like, that's a veteran Superman move, Chris, right? Where it's – so my son's been gone kind of like a few minutes too long, you know? And then <laughs> it's like – because I don't think he didn't quite use his super hearing right away, but he almost, like, did, like, that double take, right? Where it's – Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so then he goes in the bathroom, of course, and I thought the scene was just cool because it's like this. I I don't know. I I dug it, Chris. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, I did like the that whole bathroom sequence, the restroom sequence. I thought that was cool, and I like the way that part was. I'm just not totally sold on what's happening. Sure, but I do like the way it's being presented. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I I just want to see more about it. I completely, completely agree. So, Chris, let's uh, let's talk about the villain of this episode, who was Kilgrave. So, Chris, for audio uh, listeners, who um, who's Kilgrave? Kilgrave is a character invented by John Bar- Byrne. Is that how you pronounce it? Byrne. Mm-hmm. Byrne. Well, anyway, he was in uh, created by oh, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Professor Kilgrave, and basically, what he does is what he did in the show. He makes weapons and different things to use against Superman. That's kind of his sole purpose for creation and living. Mm-hmm. He even made a bomb for the Joker to help destroy Superman. Nice. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So Chris, the reason why I wanted to bring, um, I named her the villain of the week essentially because it's a plot that CW shows kind of like to carry over. Um, and four episodes in Superman and Lois, I was anticipating they would kind of start to do it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the way that Superman and Lois is incorporating like their villains where it's it's tied to a deeper like kind of a deeper like plot that's going on. But I love that this wasn't just like and I'm not taking any shots in any particular show, but this is the one that I see it in the most, Chris, which is a show like The Flash that does the villain of the week way too gimmicky almost every week. This show didn't feel like it. Um, I thought the villain was actually uh, pretty good, honestly. Like, I thought 
it did he didn't seem like he was too comical. Uh Superman seemed to have had a hard time with him, which we like seeing. Uh and I just I love the way that it's it's not like uh Kilgrave defeated Superman first. Superman has to figure out how to defeat him. And then they fight like two other times throughout the episode, right? It's they really only met up like twice, I think, right, Chris? Or no, maybe even no, just one, the one time. It was the one time, yeah. It was, it was the just one the one time. So, and that's honestly the way I would do it. That's the way I think I do it. So, but Chris, uh, let's talk about because there wasn't a whole lot of Superman in this episode, to be quite honest. But when there was Superman, they make the most of it yet again, Chris. I completely agree because. I think you only see Superman Superman for maybe five minutes in total. Yeah. I might be off on that, but you don't see him a lot this episode, but I didn't really miss him either mm. because you get so involved in the story that they're telling you that it's okay not to have him in tights. And to me, that is the biggest compliment you give to any piece of superhero TV or film. When you can watch it and not be looking at your watch, waiting to see them in costume. And like you said, they use the time with him at the absolute highest level, I think. When he's on screen, it's electric. So great. And Chris, that suit has never looked better. Am I right? Oh, my God. When <laughs> that, you know, I think the best it looked in this episode for me was when he wasn't even doing anything. He was walking in the alley. Yep. I was like, man, that suit looks cool. <laughs> so cool it looks it just looks so cool um i, I like how it looks good in daylight and at night oof. which is an interesting thing because in a lot of superhero things the suits don't always work like that mm. there's very few that work both in day and night spider-man is one of them um i guess i'd stick iron man in that sure batman not the case mm. <laughs> <laughs> you better not be able to see batman in in the nighttime Defeats no. the whole purpose, Chris. Right. No daytime Batman. It's no bad. daytime Batman. Nolan. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Nolan. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I, I can I completely agree with you. And I love the way that they ended the um the Superman battle, Chris, where it's he's kind of getting like he's getting he's getting himself handed to mm-hmm. by the villain. And then Chris, his son, his sons are calling out for him. It's like, you know what? I right, I'm done with this. I've had enough of you guys. <laughs> and then he just claps his way to victory and he's like, all right, done. Okay. Had enough of this. Had enough of this. <laughs> I was like, oh man, what'd you, what'd you think of that, Chris? Wasn't that just awesome? That was, I didn't even know Superman could do that. <laughs> that's because that's like a Hulk thing, the mm-hmm. big clap. I didn't know that Superman does it. When he does it, it was cool because it's like he could have done it all along, but I guess he was trying to find a better way to deal with it because of all the bystanders and it's a bystanders, but you do what you got to do. His sons needed him. Took care of it. And then he melts the gun, which was cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say, Chris, if anybody's going to nitpick this, they're going to say, well, why didn't he just do that in the first place? So I'm like, come on. Come on. I mean, the Batman doesn't always think of everything like right off the second either, you know? So, yeah. And I think he was trying to, because he even says send um, medical help because there's innocent bystanders and stuff. So I think he was trying to avoid anyone getting hurt that doesn't need to be. Because oh. like if you watch the scene, there are a lot of people around. Surprisingly, like hey, Superman's fighting. I guess we'll watch, which I guess is a thing in Metropolis. I mean, I would too. Mm. <laughs> you know, as long as it's not like Zod going through buildings and stuff. 
Chris, that's interesting that you say this was a Superman that was weary aware of uh, innocent civilians being around. To be fair, it's not his first day on the job. That's very interesting that you bring that up, Chris. Full circle to the veteran Superman thing. Uh-huh. A Superman <laughs> on his first day may not pay that much attention. A Superman on his, you know, fifth year of Supermanning will pay attention. It's interesting that Superman's not laser beaming all over just this this park in the city. When there's civilians around, he's not throwing debris all over the place. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that that Superman is so eco-friendly, Chris? (laughs) Eco-friendly? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, he did destroy the gun, which, you know, may have been made of something. So he kind of recycled it. I'm with you. He's eco-friendly. I like it. Right? There you go. Eco-conscious. Eco conscience that that always died. There it is, Chris. There it is. That's what I'm here for. Absolutely. So, Chris, let's talk a little bit about now the tension that's uh that's going that's going in this episode. Obviously, like the teen tension is the teen tension, uh, Mm -hmm. which is I didn't have a problem with. I thought it was actually thought it was good. Like even the stuff between Jordan and Sarah continues to impress me. Um, the stuff with with kind of Jonathan too, where they're really, they're real. I, you can tell that they're really trying to build Jonathan and they're having like a moral conscience, and I love it. So, but let's kind of uh, let's talk about because we kind of mentioned it briefly already, and that's this uh, tension between the Kent family and Sam Lane, mm-hmm. and how Superman kind of plays a factor into that, Sam, or how yeah, how Superman plays a factor into all that, Chris. So, uh, what did you think about the? Uh, the tension that we actually got teased, Chris. We we knew this tension was was coming. Yes, and to see it pay off the way that it, you know, it is still not a full on like a full blown thing, but just a little bit they showed us was really cool to see that kind of payoff. But the tension between, you know, Sam Lane and the family was really interesting to see because I kind of thought when they showed him being around so much. We were kind of going to get like a grandfather's knows best type situation Mm. where he's like, Clark, I love you, but you're Superman. You got to do this. But instead, he's telling the boys, don't even call your father. Let him go do thunderclaps in the middle of Metropolis (laughs) and you guys sort your own your own stuff out. And that was interesting. I and it also sets him up to be a lot more of an antagonist, I think, in a way than he was previously. And then you know that little thing at the end, not the um, not the phone call he makes, the scene with Lois Clark and him in the house when Lois stands up to him, it was like, yeah, this is where this is headed, and I like it because it's it's these little seeds they've been planting. You know, this wasn't like a snap decision kind of thing. This has been building since episode one. And I mean, yeah, we're only in episode four, so it's not like it had hours and hours to build. Right. But the way they've done it has just been working. Hmm. So I, I really, I'm into it. Yeah, that's that's a very, very interesting point where it's, uh, you would think Sam Lane, who, like, obviously Clark's married to his daughter, so obviously he wants to be around the family. It's almost, he's not playing the role of, like, the grandfather that wants to be involved in, like, mm-hmm his grandkids lives or he's clinging on to being in his daughter's life because clearly because we find out that like he wasn't a good father to Lois. So it's like, it's 
Lois like just blame like wants him to leave almost right because it's like he's causing more damage by being there than he is not being there. Yeah. So it's it's very very interesting. And Chris, I thought that scene with all like with them three in the house, it's like if we, it's like uh, if the Justice League were arguing, that's what I would imagine, right? Where it's you have Clark's point of view, you have Lois, and then you have Sam Lane's point of view. It's I would so. say that was a scene of the episode actually, and. I would agree. He's not even in the Superman suit. He's just no. Clark Kent. No. Yeah, and like that's why I think we kind of teased the beginning, which is how riveting it was, right? Where it's Clark's defending himself and then he's defending like his actions. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like he's saying he's there for his sons, but really he knows he's not, at least as much as he'd like to. Right. But when he's getting called out on it, like you best believe he's going to defend himself, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that Lois isn't going to stand by. And like Clark just get like manhandled like that. So that's that. And then that actually, like we know, sets up kind of that little push, right? Because it's Lois is like, get out of our lives. We never want to see you again. So Kind of. Without saying so much, yeah, it's kind of what yeah. it was. And it, it does set up that phone call at the end, which. Uh, there's two I'm... phone calls, actually, Chris. There's, oh, the, yeah, one, there's the one in the barn. Yes, there was that one, too. Which I, uh, I meant the other one though. The second yeah, one. yeah. So let's before we get to that one, let's kind of like work up to it, maybe. Like so, like obviously, there was this nice warm moment between Clark, Lois, and Clark. Oh yeah. Uh, in the barn where they where they like, Clark does something very nice for Lois. Like they have like their own little date night in the barn. The kids are a part of it. It was really nice. And then you know you're looking at the clock for like five minutes to go. I know they're gonna do something crazy here. So. This isn't going to last long. So then Sam calls Lois. And uh, they, they get a call that Superman should probably check something out. And Chris, did you think that it was going to la- go where, where you think it was going to go? I was just kind of expecting him to leave the table. We were going to hear the theme music and then some credits. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to get that extra scene with Sam Lane making that other phone call. And it sounded like he's setting up something to, you know, a contingency plan to destroy Superman, which we, I think we all saw coming, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it was interesting to see that. And I, I, I did like this the little scene, the quick scene in the barn. I thought that was nice. Project Cadmus, Chris. It was called, <laughs> it was called uh, Seven Seven. It it wasn't Cadmus, everybody. I'm be, I'm oh. being blind. <laughs> no, you had me think of it. I was like, wait, no. what was it called? <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, yeah, it was. It's, yeah, what a that's must be some some contingency plan with all those numbers in there. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think it was seven seven three something. I don't, I don't know. I Four. bet you, I bet you that's some kind of like deep Superman Easter egg that I'm not thinking of. That must I don't know. I thought it was because the um Captain Luther says to Helen back. And that would spell out hell with numbers. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Or it would look like hell with numbers. I, I That's what I figured it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Chris, you, you already said it. So obviously, like, we knew that that breaking point was coming between Sam Lane and Superman. There was just too much tension and too much, like, self-doubt between between them uh, for that not to happen. It's a shame, to be honest. I kind of dug Sam Lane as, like, this Commissioner Gordon. Uh, to Superman almost like I kind of dig it because Superman's never really had like a guy in a chair like that right like he's had Jimmy Olsen he's had Lois Lane so he's had people kind of help guide him 
never a situations, handler, but never a handler, never a guy that's like, hey, uh, so uh, there's this uh, situation in Paris right now. You might want to go uh, fly over there and check out, right? Because it's, it's almost like he can't be everywhere at once, but now, it's, now he kind of can. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but let's kind of speculate a little bit because I think we might have already answered it, but in case we didn't. So, obviously, like, there's a Kryptonian army that's building in Smallville, Chris. Uh, Morgan Edge is clearly behind something. There's a very sinister plot that's going on here. But now that we throw Sam Lane into the mix, Chris, seems like everybody's going to be going up against Superman here. And Captain Luthor. Which we didn't see in this episode, but in the coming attractions for next week, he makes it easy. He's coming back, Chris. Mm-hmm. So you have three fairly large scale characters against Clark. And what's more important, Lane is actually against the whole family in a way. Because if yeah. he's scared of Clark, what is he going to do with Jordan? Oh. Younger, he can maybe mold his mind or something. That's going to yeah. play a factor, Chris. Grandpa loves you. Come do army stuff for me or whatever. <laughs> they always use the children, Chris. They and do. They always, they always use the children, everybody. Don't. It's, it's, so, it's so sad, but it's true, Chris. It's true. It's Alistair's fault. um so now that now that like we're doing some long-term speculating here because we got time are we thinking that that's the route that they're going then chris where they're going to use jordan against his own father i still think jordan's going to end up as a villain somewhere down the road i I really think that I, i think the setup is there and the setup is also there for Jonathan, not just because he bears the same name as the comic version, mm-hmm. to have powers and kind of be the successor, but I think because the way the boys are framed, yeah. you know, and their personalities on the show, that one will end up being a villain. And if mm-hmm. you take that into account, I don't think it'll happen this season, but maybe later on we'll see that. Mm-hmm. As of what we see right now, I definitely think we're going to have like a, a trio of doom here. <laughs> maybe not all at once, but there's going to be a lot going on, especially we don't know how many Kryptonians Morgan Edge has now. Cause like who thought his assistant would be a Kryptonian or, or maybe not, but have powers. Cause we don't know right. what they are technically. Hmm. We just saw the, the Kryptonite baby pods or not. I'm sorry. The Kryptonian baby pods. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they need Kryptonite in Smallville for something. Mm-hmm. And he right. found a lot of it. Now we don't, we're assuming it's obviously maybe to kill Superman, but we don't know that. Maybe it's so they can create more Kryptonians. We don't know. Maybe like they're trying to replicate like DNA through Kryptonite. Like we, right, Chris? I mean, yeah. There's they, no telling. They could be turning humans into Kryptonians. We don't know. I mean, there's like, I mean, there, there's obviously like a few different ways that they can take this. But the fact that we don't know, Chris, that we're sitting here right now talking about it means that they're, they're continuing to do something right. Oh yeah. It, not only are we talking about speculating, we're anxious to see what it is. Yep. Like I can't wait to see where this is going. I got mm-hmm. so excited seeing the baby pods at the start. You know, I just watched Man of Steel again last night, Ooh. and the pods look really close to that, mm-hmm. which I think we've said from the beginning, they're taking the best bits of every Superman we've ever seen. Comics, movies, and their TV shows even, and they're putting it in this show. So it's cool to see them kind of lift that idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm interested to see what it's because I think the kryptonite is probably to help raise the army in a way, mm. if that makes sense. Yep. 
Yeah, I can I completely agree. I mean, and, it's yeah. And, oh, I was gonna, another wrench to throw in it, and, and this is kind of something I'm wondering. Captain Luthor wants kryptonite. Morgan Edge has kryptonite. Mm. Are they going to cross paths and be a problem for each other? Like, hey, I want what you got. You can't have it. I have to raise babies. <laughs> See, Chris, where I'm going to challenge the writers here for just a quick second, and I could be totally wrong, of course, but I'm thinking it feels like Captain Luthor is going to be on the side of Superman mm-hmm. at some point. I don't know, but I get this vibe that Captain Luther's probably going to turn around and realize you're not quite the Superman I thought you were. I think I got you back. But that's just some early speculation. I don't know. Can I I add to that theory without WandaVisioning it? (laughs) That seems to be the thing now. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to WandaVision it, but (laughs) if I could add to that theory, what if the turning point for Captain Luthor as we see in the preview for next week's episode, he kidnaps Lois. I believe he abducts Lois. Mm. What if that is what makes him turn around on who Clark is here on this earth? That's kind I... of like mm-hmm. instead of a Martha moment, it's a Lois moment. Oh, just throwing that out there. Not to WandaVision, of course, again, but just throwing that out there. See, I'm loving this conversation, so I want to keep it going because this is great. Because I'm like, so let's keep under the worst case scenario here. That say your theory comes true. Well, you know, it's piggybacked off yours, so I mm-hmm. maybe. Okay. Because now, now both of our theories are out there, and I think both of them, like, we wouldn't mind having. I mean, obviously, yours is a little more severe if it happens. I mean, do I think Lois Lane's going to die? No, I don't. Oh, no, no, not like that. No, no, no. Yeah. I just but... mean, they, it's the same kind of like, oh, Martha was what, you know, kind of changed the mind of Batman. So maybe yeah. if he spends time with Lois, so you mean he's not trying to kill everybody? Mm-hmm. You know, he has a family. He has sons he cares about. This is not the Clark I know or the Kal-El I know. Right. Because it definitely... It feels like he's tra- like we thinking he was manipulated, of course, mm-hmm. but we already know that he knows Sam Lane or he thinks that he's already met the Sam Lane. He thinks it's from his earth, but it's not. Yeah. So he knows a Sam Lane. He knows a Sam Lane. And he gave him that Superman crust, right? So mm-hmm. and he has Superman uh, emblems on his shoulder pads. Right. So in, in that super suit that I don't mm-hmm. think he has anymore. No, I think I think I think that got destroyed. So I think I think he just had the one. Yeah. So, but I still think that there's there's more layers that they can go with that character, which I think is fascinating. Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get another flashback of uh, what that Superman is. Uh, maybe well, like an honestly, onion. Chris, you would have to think that we would, right? If uh, I, if the stranger's gonna kidnap Lois, he's gonna probably gonna wanna. So that's you know your husband's not who you think he is, you know. I would hope we get another flashback just to see where that Superman comes from. Because I, I know with Crisis, things changed, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I'd like to see what initiated that and what, where that came from. Yeah, my only last thing that I kind of want to bring up, because I think you might have brought it up, and then we'll, we'll do our, our wrap-up here, Chris. Is, did you mention that the kids might be the key? To, or are you thinking because I'm almost wondering like if that Superman turned out the way he did obviously I'm going to go into the impression that maybe like the kids weren't 
alive maybe on there or maybe he lost the kids so that's why he turned out the way he did or maybe that is just an evil version of superman right that's totally possible too it's not like you know not every version of superman has to be good and that turns evil right maybe he was just an evil superman but yeah, I, I i think that's a fun aspect of the character mm-hmm. you know when you get into elseworld stories or even yeah. if you watch the movie uh what was it called birthright no not birthright secret origins no, no, there was that movie from James Gunn. He produced it. It was like a horror version of Superman. It was oh, uh, Brightburn. Brightburn, that was it. Yeah, like if you watch Brightburn, that I think is a great example of what could go wrong mm. with Superman. And you know, maybe it's a case like that, or maybe it's like you know, Dawn of Justice, where Lois gets killed and his world goes, you know, goes down in flames, or maybe like you said, the whole family gets killed, which would be very morbid, but. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I want to see what makes that Superman tick and why he was doing that. Because mm-hmm. we don't even know if he was really evil. We don't. we don't know if he was maybe defending people and he just happened to have a black suit on. Yeah, he was a little bit vicious, but who's to say on that world he didn't need to be? That's a good point. They we left don't that know. they left that ambiguous for a reason, I would think. It, right? It's probably not very likely that they're good people. <laughs> I mean that they're bad people. I mean it's probably not very likely that he was killing bad people, but who knows? He sure decimated those people like he was after them, Chris. He, yeah, that was uh, that was some murder there. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll that see. That was intense. It was. It was intense. But Chris, four episodes in in Superman and Lois, it's just uh, I think we we can't we can't praise it enough, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I I can praise it. I can keep going. I love, <laughs> love the show. It's uh, I've kind of went on record, and I know I'm gonna probably eat my words like once I don't know Falcon and Winter Soldier or something comes out, but as I said it with WandaVision, but I think this is the most ambitious DC show that that we've seen on superhero TV yet, only because mm-hmm. well, I mean like obviously like Doom Patrol, I I would say is probably really ambitious. Um, okay, Swamp Thing was Titans. obviously Titans. Um, I just mean this in a sense of like the way that they're modernizing Superman. Mm-hmm. Oh, bit like it's it's not the Superman show that I think everybody was expecting it was going to be, but in a sense, I think they kind of were. And it's in the way that they've been able to maintain the quality and the way that the suit looks and the way that like that Superman is being pulled off. I just think that it's like this is the perfect case of like they had a story to tell, they had some writers that understood whatever version that they're going for and they're just hitting all the right beats. So I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of that. So I, I think that when most people heard Superman CW mm-hmm. without even seeing it, Tyler Hecklin's other appearances, they automatically thought villain of the week, really hammy, um, you know, just something fluffy. Mm-hmm. And it is not. It is. It's really not. It, it feels more in line with like Man of Steel, I think. Yep. But it's it's it managed to be a little bit more cheerful in some spots. Mm-hmm. But I I think it is a surprise for a lot of people, especially if you've seen Hecklin's other appearances as Clark, which were not like this. This is oh. like a complete one eighty. I think mm-hmm. he shines in this show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and even Chris, I gotta mention one up because I thought it was the funniest thing that I heard Hecklin's Clark say. Where it's, <laughs> so remember when he's like um, throwing the football around 
mm-hmm. with his kids and he threw it to Jordan and Jordan bobbled oh, yeah. the catch. And he was like, oh, well, uh, thank God he plays defense or something yeah, that's, like that's that. That's why he plays defense. <laughs> that's why he plays defense. I'm like, man, that's Clark Kent right there. I'm like, that's That was a great funny. moment. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd say, I, I, yeah. He's just great. He's great. Yeah. He's he's killing it. He's really knocking it out of the park. So he would. Uh, he's superb, Chris. He is. I don't think we could ask for more from him right now, actually. I would, I would agree. He's. He has sure turned me around, and I'm so glad for it. So, but Chris, um, uh, closing thoughts on Superman and Lois, and let's uh, let's maybe tease what our future plans might uh might be entailing, Chris. I like it. Okay, so I'd say my closing thoughts on this one are that it's another solid. Like I said, it's another solid episode. But what this one continues to do, and it continues to surprise me about, is how. I don't care about seeing him in the suit as much as I thought I would. I'm perfectly perfectly cool with seeing him just do Clark stuff, family things. I like the stuff with Lois. I surprisingly enjoy the teenage drama parts, which I didn't think I would. Mm-hmm. I usually don't like stuff like that, but I like it here because it's all presented at such a, a high level of quality. It's just hard not to like this show. That's, that's what I think. It's just hard not to like it. In this episode, they just take everything you've liked so far mm-hmm. and they just double down. Completely agree. It's hard not to like this show, Chris. That is like the perfect statement right there. I've said it before. It's like appointment television for me now. I mean, <laughs> me being the diehard Superman fan that I am, was I probably going to love this show like by default? Probably. I mean... I sure as hell had my reservations on it. I mean, I didn't think I was going to love it to this extent, Chris. Like, I didn't I didn't think I was going to be on a show here with you every week, just praising it even more mm-hmm. every week. So, I mean, kudos to, like, just everybody involved in this show because this was a wonderful surprise, and especially with the character of Superman being where he is right now in pop culture, this is such a, like, step in the right direction. For Superman, I would say, and for people that are loving this show, I'm so glad. For people that have turned around on this show, that were that they tuned in because they wanted to see Superman, they were hoping it, it's a good show. That's the best part, right, Chris? And if yeah. and if this show's not for you and you didn't like it for whatever reason, I I'm sorry that it's not for you. I feel bad, but mm-hmm. maybe there's there maybe there's another Superman version that's out there for you. I think that's the beauty of DC right now. There's a flavor for everyone. And I hope that, you know, if a fan, like you said, if a fan doesn't like this, totally cool with me. And I hope there is a version you do like. Right. Right. So, so Chris, um, on the subject of hiatuses, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, much like Batwoman kind of had their, their week hiatus, we, we thinking they might have another one coming up. Superman and Lois is definitely having a hiatus, which I believe after the tw- 24th, 24th, they're going to be going on. I think it was a five week hiatus. So no, it's seven weeks, seven weeks. Oh, I yeah. believe it's seven weeks. We got a while. <laughs> so we got a while before we get some Superman. Um, stuff, Chris, so we are going to miss them, but uh, much like we did for when Batwoman was on hiatus, we're thinking, obviously we want to keep continuing on uh, the show here. So, Chris, I know you and I are talking about some other like content that we can roll in there. Um, I know the Reeve movies, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies were thrown mm-hmm. in there, uh, Superman Returns. 
It's obviously an option. Um, uh, who knows? I don't know. Maybe the Supergirl movie. We don't know. Uh, why not? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Sure. I haven't no. seen that or the Reeves movie. So Yeah. So we will find the content and we will talk about it maybe. And then obviously if Batwoman goes on hiatus, maybe we'll do Batman 89 or we'll do an animated movie. So we got, we got options, Chris. Yeah. And I like, you know, we're going to try to keep it um, on topic, I suppose, with the world's fans. So we'll always, always have a, like a Batman Superman thing. And thankfully there are enough things to choose from. <laughs> Even if we don't want to do the movies, we have, like Nick said, so many animated things to, to watch, even if we just decide, you know what, we're going to watch this episode of the animated series and this episode of Superman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. We can even do that. Yeah. So we'll find a way to work through the hiatuses. We're not going on hiatus. I think that's the main point. That's right. We're, we are not going on hiatus. So um, I know Chris and I are debating, like, maybe we'll throw some polls out there. Um, maybe we'll throw one on the Vigilante Twitter if you guys want to vote that way or if you want to vote on our personal twitters too whichever the whichever you guys want to do and let us know because we we definitely want to hear from you guys too i mean you guys listen to the show so we definitely want to give you guys um an output to hear what you guys want us to talk about for sure and zeddy definitely wants to talk about batman and robin <laughs> i think chris definitely wants to talk about batman and robin because you need to chill right now on that one all right you need, oh. you need to <laughs> damn it Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think the better question is, do I want to talk about Batman and Robin more than you want to talk about Batwoman? Mm, now that is the that is the question. Riddle, riddle me that, Chris. Riddle I, me yeah. that. I don't think I want that riddle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that riddle. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Uh, well, before we get on out of here, please do follow this show at Vigilante1939. You can go head over to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please consider leaving us a rating and a review. The reviews really do help the show uh, as they help people find us even faster. I do want to plug our Zack Snyder's Justice League tailgate party, which happened on the um, uh, last Friday, which such a wonderful time. We brought so many people in this fandom together. Uh, it had over 120 views within 24 hours. Uh, and the way they watch it is you go have a, head over to the uh, Let's Go Podcast YouTube channel. Just type in Vigilante1939 and you should see it right away. So, um, And we do have a Public store. So if you do want to get yourself some merchandise, just go head over to Public and get whatever whatever you should so uh, please. But Chris, this was a fantastic time as it always is. Um, what do you got left to plug? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at that Chris Evans zero. I write comic reviews for the Let's Go podcast. I do written reviews of Batwoman, which you can check out. And uh, that's what I've got. That's what I got going on. Nice. Very nice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Papazi underscore 95. You can follow me at somebody's favorite letterbox at Zeddy Films. Uh, you can go uh, listen to the other two uh, shows that I co-host. Uh, one with Nico Caruso called Let's Go Marquee, which is the official movie and TV uh, show that we do. Sometimes we break down award shows as well. Um, we're currently making our way through the Oscar season, which is really, really uh, cool and important right now. I um, mean, you can go uh, head over and follow The Hitch on the Let's Go Podcast Network, too, which is the official movie and TV trailer show that I co-host with Emma Davis. So if you're not sick of already hearing my voice, I'm literally everywhere. Some people call me the busiest man in podcasting, which... I love being around. I, I love this. I love this. I love giving people a platform to speak. So 
it's my favorite thing other than talking about all this stuff. So there you go. So Chris, thank you so much again. I can't wait to, uh, for next week, we will certainly, certainly have uh, something to talk about. I can guarantee that. So there you go. Well, it's going to be the world's finest for this week. So the adventure always continues, Chris, you know, it truly, it truly does. So, um, for Chris Evans, my name's Nick Zenning. As Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell all your friends about me. <laughs>